0: Well, let me welcome back Kevin Luko here to Systematically Wild. And, Kevin, we're going to begin our week uh, with a happy weekend for the Iowa Heartlanders, who uh, if they could play the Wheeling Nailers all season long, I I think this team would be in really good shape right now.
1: No doubt about it. Uh, In a year in which things have not gone well, they somehow have the number of the Wheeling Nailers and that probably single-handedly kept them out of the playoff chase.
0: So tough weekend last weekend, Kevin, when that, you know, they, they won one of those games that they had in the three games with one within, two with Indy and one with Toledo, finished off Saturday with a six nothing loss. Then come home and really catch fire against Wheeling. Five one on Friday, four to three on Saturday. They, they battle back to, to force overtime after being trailing by three on Sunday and still get a point out of that game. I, man, the, some of the acquisitions this team have been making are really starting to pan out for them.
1: That's good to see, too. There's just been so much turnover with this team. We just hope that at some point they could find the right mix of players, and it looks like they may have um, stumbled onto something. A little too late to get back in the playoff chase, but at least um, they'll make things interesting for the fans going down the final stretch of the season.
0: So Friday night, get a goal from Tanner McMaster to get things going. Michael Passageoff gets a goal in the second period for them, up 2 nothing. Willing able to cut the deficit in half early in the third, but three goals down the stretch. Steven Leonard joins the team on Friday night, makes his uh, presence known right away with two goals right off the bat and his debut with the team. Both empty net goals. But hey, a goal is a goal. And you got to like uh, his – or one empty net goal, excuse me. So you got to like his contribution to the team. He, he's, he really is – you know, this is they're looking for some scoring touch, and three goals in three games, this guy might be a huge bonus to them.
1: Am I mistaken, or did he also
0: engage with some cups too? I believe you are correct about that. So uh, he's coming in here and getting... He's making his presence known in every possible way. Hunter Jones, though, Kevin, 23 saves in that contest. Uh, A a nice night for him. He leaves out of Saturday's game after giving up a goal early in that contest. And it didn't look like he was hurt on the play, but we didn't see him the rest of the weekend. So I, I don't... No, if he got called up there to Des Moines, they just took him out after that, or if there was some kind of injury that he had. But uh, um, that's something we'll have to be keeping an eye on moving forward.
1: Well, I was reading their Facebook fan page, and it sounds like one of the per- people on there did talk to Jones, and he injured his groin during that game, and they took him out as a precaution. And, you know, when you got three goalies in the house anyway, you may as well do that instead of. Leaving a guy out there to potentially aggravate an injury even further.
0: Well, this was an outstanding performance by this team uh, on Saturday. Is that they're they're getting blown out in terms of shots by Wheeling on Saturday, seventeen seven in the first period. But it's Iowa that comes out of the first period up three to one. Tanner McMaster with the second goal in as many nights. Zach White has a power play goal in that in that period. And they jump out to a 3-1 to lead. Jones hurt on that goal at 935 of the period. Darian, uh, Darian Hanson comes in, looked very good for the team. Then they get um, hold on for the uh, the victory in that contest. A, a, a very solid performance, a 4-3 to victory, uh, and even a little adversity with losing your goaltender early in the contest, still coming up with some things. I, I, I think this coaching staff is really starting to figure out what they want to do with this team. And, and we're starting to see how they're getting – they're molding this team into being a lot more mentally tough, I think, than we saw early on.
1: And hopefully that carries over, too, when they get back into playing uh, the other teams in the division and not just um, wheeling. Hopefully the confidence gained from dominating one team will carry over when they play
0: divisional folds. The Nailers jump out to a 4-1 to lead on Sunday. Two goals in the first, two in the second. They look like they're going to blow this game open. But, man, an incredible performance by the club to get back into this contest. Steven Leonard scores his third goal in three games to, to uh, make it a two-goal game. Then Kevin McKernan adds his third of the season. Brendan Robbins ties the score with 2.51 left in the contest. Bobby Hampton gets the game winner on kind of a, a, a tough goal that really uh, Corbin Kaspersky really didn't have much of an opportunity to make a play on. Um, but uh, you know, hey, you got a point out of a game that you, you probably weren't going to get anything out of by the way that this contest was looking after two periods. and I, again I, I thought a, a very tough well played game by by a team that could have a, a month ago they'd have, you'd have felt like they would have just found a way to lose that and even if they' had to battle back, they were going to lose it in regulation somehow and then they'd come away with nothing. But five points is six six possible points. I, I, I think that's a heck of a weekend for this club.
1: It is, and, you know, when you were down as far as you were on Sunday, to still get a point, I'd call that a good point. And I know it would be remiss if we didn't touch upon an incident on Saturday night where a Heartlanders fan uh, was heckling a Nailers player pretty good in the penalty box and the player turned around and hit a stick at Against the back of the penalty box and challenged a fan to come down and talk to him and kind of led to a chaotic scene at uh, Extreme Arena. But, you know, great, uh, you know, fans, as long as they aren't interfering with the players, touching them in any way, you know, at least they're involved. And that's good to see that there is some um, passion among the fan base and you hope that
0: carries over into the future absolutely you know and uh yeah from the player standpoint too is that i mean i don't know what's said at that at, at that point and i and i understand your the tensions get out there and you got your passions going and things like that but that's just something as a professional athlete you just you can't get yourself involved in so you got to be better than that so again i don't know what's said i maybe there's a there's a fine line for everybody out there there's a threshold on something but uh I'm sure the league will come down hard on that kind of thing.
1: Oh, well, the player got suspended for a game. The fan was ejected from the building, so maybe he was using some coarse language on him too. So hard to say without being there. Yeah, very true. 12,
0: 25, and 11 are the Iowa Heartlanders right now, Kevin, as they um, are what, nine points behind Kalamazoo for sixth place. Uh, with What are we talking about, 20, 20. Four games left in the season, right here at the two-thirds mark. Um, It's probably unlikely that this team is going to catch that up. You never know. I mean, you know, at at, at the way they're playing right now, maybe sixth place is a a credible goal to shoot for. And they're
1: in that enviable position too, where they got absolutely nothing to lose. So
0: you know, they'll me
1: go on just play some good hockey, knowing that um, there's really no, no playoff spot to chase for just go out and play hard
0: enjoy the game and do your best the great thing for them is they have had a chance to dig into Kalamazoo this week is they'll have Indy on Wednesday then the Wings come in on Friday and Saturday as uh, Iowa continuing their seven-game homestand with games four through six um and, and, you know Indy might be a team that is just tough to play right now they're looking very good in second place in the Central Division but uh Kalamazoo is a team that's struggling as well and this is your opportunity to make some headway against them so um four four possible four points are out there for you to go grab against them and I, and I think a very credible possibility of them getting four points out of that after what we saw this weekend so liking what I'm seeing right now Kevin not liking what I'm seeing at the AHL level though as the uh Iowa Wild had a very tough week, Kevin. They are now 0-5-2 in their last seven games after having a 14-game point streak. All of a sudden, this team is just... I, man, I, I understand they've had some call-ups, but wow, they look really lost right now.
1: It's been a tough stretch. I They went into Winnipeg to battle the Manitoba Moose, came out with a couple of losses there, and... You know, they're not getting blown out of games. They're just um, coming up short right now. And same thing on Sunday afternoon where they um, faced well, It's looking like a pretty stacked um, Rockford Icehawks team right now that uh, the Lucas Reiko is just a uh, stud down there and will likely be up with Chicago next season, but right now they're being patient with him and letting him get some experience with the Ice Hogs, and he has just been incredible for them. So seemed like he pretty much took the game over yesterday. Him and Dylan Secura, either Rykel or Secura had the hat trick, but right now, like I said, it's just a lightning. Rockford lightning. I'm not sure where I got that from. I think it used to be their CBA basketball team back in the 90s. Um, the Icehawks have just been they've been playing good. And I think what the deal is there is that they've had enough guys that have been called up and got NHL experience. That they come back to AHL and they have a, a renewed um, confidence because right now they're, they're giving uh, Iowa some
0: fits. Yeah. But let's keep in mind that, uh, they dropped five of the first six games of the season against the Iowa wild, but have all of a sudden flipped the script here and are just dominating Iowa recently. And, uh, so three wins in a row against this team in this month alone, and have a one coming up this week as well on Friday. Um, and the, I mean it, it. Actually, Friday and Saturday now. then excuse me, I, I say here. So um, it's it not getting any easier for this Iowa Wild team. And we'll come and talk about the the upcoming games here in just a moment. But as you said, Kevin, not not being blown out, lose four to two. On Wednesday night, it's a stretch of about three minutes that where the Manitoba Moose score goals, um, All three of their goals, Jansen Harkins with two of those, um, Axel Janssen. I don't know how to say the second part of his name here. It's just, it, could it just be Falby or, or is it Shelby? I don't know. I'm going to say Falby at the moment. My apologies, Axel, if I'm saying it wrong. But three goals in the span of three minutes and one second really were the clinching thing here for Manitoba. Um, they get some solid goaltending Zach uh, Zane McIntyre with 31 saves in that contest to take the loss uh, just a, a tough loss against the Manitoba team that they have you know battled with uh, traditionally been, been very good very close kind of games out there on Friday the team has held the 15 shots it was just a, a dominating defensive performance by Manitoba and you, you I mean it, it just kind of watching this team I was just thinking I don't really see I mean it's not like they had a, a You know, you lost a bunch of your key guys offensively. It just looked like they just were not in sync offensively this week.
1: Adam Beckman would be the only guy that was called up this week to Minnesota, so he was on a pretty good roll with Iowa, but other than him, everybody's intact, so I'm not sure um, what's amiss right now with the offense. I know that I believe they scored within the first minute of the game on Friday, and
0: then there was absolutely no offense after that. Yeah, so uh, five shots in the first, three in the second, seven in the third. Meanwhile, Manitoba with 38 shots on net. Jester Rolstead looked pretty good, 36 saves out of 38 shots early in the season. He was a guy during that 14-game point streak where he was winning those two-to-one games. Uh, right now, though, uh, you know, for this club, you know, you give up two goals, and and that might be that just be too much to overcome. when they do get an offensive performance, they just don't get the defensive performance out of it. And that's what we saw on Sunday, as you mentioned, Dylan Sakura with a hat trick in that game. Um, Rockford had a three, one lead. Iowa was continuously chasing that, cutting that down to one goal leads until finally um, Rockford able to seal that up with an empty net goal with five seconds left in the game. Zane McIntyre, very tough performance, 11 saves on 15 shots, pretty tough weekend for Zane, a week altogether for Zane and, uh, you know, we talked about what this club does for next season. you, you got to feel like McIntyre may not be in the organization's plans for next year for sure.
1: It's been a tough goal for McIntyre. We're not seeing the same goalie that we saw last year that came in and was a savior during the second half of the season. So you don't want Volstead playing every night of the – every weekend. So – it's going to be up to McIntyre to try to right the ship a bit. So, and then going to next year, well, and that's um, anyone's guess. I mean, has Hunter Jones played well enough at the in Iowa to justify a spot with uh Heartland or with the Iowa Wild, or do they they go out and find another veteran AHL goalie? So, it will be interested to see how that all plays out.
0: If there was a positive out of this weekend, I thought Kevin is that Nick Batan was so incredible during that 14-game point streak, and then struggled over the the first four games of their uh, five-game winless streak. He came away with three points out of this weekend, and and I thought, okay, well, um, at least you, you, this is a guy you got to depend on, especially as you said, Adam Beckman and his 18 goals headed for the uh, NHL. So you're looking for somebody to step up, and it was good that that Patan finally looked like he kind of broke out of that slump a little bit
1: and that's what they're looking for out of him he's one of the guys going into the season that he just expected we going to be among the top scorers on the, on the team
0: iowa currently 22 19 and 9 fifth place in the uh central division they have no, no, no mercy week here. They take on Chicago, who you would think you're going to get some opportunities to get some wins out there when they're in last place in this division. But they have not played well against the Wolves recently. Then Rockford for a home and home on Friday and Saturday. Uh, three r- huge rivalry games that you have against Illinois opponents, and uh, you know this is this is the time I think you're, we're going to find out what this Iowa Wild Club is made of.
1: That's going to be a uh... Pretty tough gauntlet of three games there, but, boy, Iowa needs to start um, putting some wins together. They got a pretty good distance from the 6th and 7th place teams but with Grand Rapids and Chicago, but that gap
0: can close pretty quick if they don't get going. It's a point you made last week where you have a bad week and you move from 2nd to 5th. Well, you'll have another bad week here. Go 0-3, and Grand Rapids, even if they go two oh and one all of a sudden they're two points behind you you know and it's like uh you can't take anything off here now i mean you got you got to give your best effort every single night and i don't mean to make it sound like this team's not giving a great effort because tim army's a a great coach and i know these guys are are professionals who want to win games but um right now the, the uh Somebody needs to step up and and do something, you know, take take charge and carry this team on their back right now. I don't know if that's a Marco Rossi or a, um, or some or a Nick Batan or something, but they need that line. I think in particular, Kevin needs to step up and say, "Hey, we got you covered, and we're gonna we're gonna lead this way now."
1: It could be Rossi. It could be, um, you know, Sammy Walker's had a little bit of a goal drought since his appearance in the All Star game. Maybe Walker needs to find it again a veteran like Stephen Fogarty could be a a catalyst you know it could be a many guys maybe a Nick Sweeney so so somebody's going to have to step up and
0: and get this team going before um, they find themselves completely out of the playoff chase and thank you for correcting me I forgot that we learned that it was Mark Marco Rossi so thank you for correcting that so excellent Okay, well, let's jump up to the big club, Kevin, and uh, four games at home. Uh, with last Monday, we were chatting when they were taking on Florida, wound up losing that game in a shootout, but we've uh, got, got to be very good about this week. Got to feel pretty good about the fact you lost to Colorado in a, in, a, in a nail-biter, then come away with two uh, victories, a 2-1 victory over Dallas on Friday, a 4-3 victory over Nashville on Sunday. Uh, all, all in all, I thought a pretty a pretty decent week for the Minnesota Wild.
1: Five out of eight points against four teams that are in a, the playoff chase, but, you know, the con would be that you, you felt like you probably let two points slip away against Colorado, and the same with Florida. You're not getting five-on-five five goals, and that cost them in a shootout loss on Monday night. But the positive being, like you mentioned, you know, um, 2 one and one against four pretty, pretty tough hockey teams.
0: Uh, on Monday, as Kevin and I were doing the show, uh, both teams score a, a goal in the second period. Nobody gets one in the third. This winds up going to a shootout where Florida winds up winning two to one in the shootout. Uh, Kaprizov with his thirtieth goal of the season. You know, I I know that this guy is recognized among the NHL as as one of the best players in the league out there. But I feel like he's kind of being ignored playing in Minnesota. Maybe maybe I'm wrong on that, Kevin. But I I, I wonder if I mean that's an incredible season. I just don't think he's ever going to get any serious votes for MVP because the Wild just aren't up at that that next level. You know they're not dominating the division or something.
1: No, and I think as long as it's this is a team that's not getting past the first round of the playoffs too, they're not going to get the respect on the national level that that they would like, and and it does hurt a guy like Kaprizov who right now is. You feel like every time he's on the ice, he's trying to single-handedly um, get his team going and getting a goal, which you love to see, but, no, you know, within that, you also would like to see more secondary scoring where they don't have to count on him every night.
0: On Wednesday, uh, a 3-2 to loss against Colorado. Marc-Andre Fleury only faced 19 shots in the game, gave, uh, stopped 16 of them. Kaprizov scores his 31st goal of the, of the season, in the third period after they had trailed three to one to pull them back within a goal with a little under six minutes left just could not get the equalizer in that game though kevin um you know zuccarella uh, three points in the, over those first two games of the week they're getting some production out of guys you need to get production from but like you said secondary scoring just not there
1: no and in this game the goal wasn't there as mark andre flurry was not very good at all i Personally, did not get to watch the game, but from seeing highlights, um, most of those goals he gave up were very saveable, and that's just demoralizing to your team because they, they completely outplayed Colorado. Colorado was coming off uh, uh, playing the night before in a very tough game, too, so it was a very winnable game. They badly outshot Colorado, but the bad goals just hurt them in the end, and. You hope it's just a blip on the radar for Marc-Andre Fleury. But, of course, the local media is starting to question why isn't Philip Gustafson playing full-time given how well he has played since um, middle
0: of November. And let's talk about him. On Friday night, 29 saves and a victory over Dallas. They win in a shootout. uh, uh, Zuccarello with his 20th goal of the season on the power plate and the third Dallas able to tie that score Uh, four minutes later. Iowa, Iowa, Minnesota scores two of the the three goals in the shootout uh, with Matt Boldy getting the winner on that. Fantastic performance by Gustafson, Kevin. Uh, I I can see where the media is coming out and saying, well, maybe this is the guy we should be going with. And You know,
1: that was a big game for Gustafson. You're playing against a real high-end, talented Dallas team that can score a lot of goals, and to only – allow one that is very impressive he had a huge save in overtime and managed to only give up uh, one goal and four shootout opportunities so he definitely did make a case for himself with his outing on friday
0: and you were talking last week about how well jake ottinger has been playing as well this season you know you out battled him uh, in a big game like that too, head to head, you, you, you got to feel pretty good about what he would might bring forward. Should you face a team like Dallas in the playoffs?
1: Yes, that's, uh, Auditor is a a Minnesota product himself. So it's, as much as you want to feel good for the hometown boy, you just don't want to be at the expense of your hometown club.
0: On Sunday, uh, Minnesota jumps out to a 2-0 lead, then makes it a 3-1 lead. Kaprizov with two goals in that contest. Looked like it was going to slip away from him, Kevin, as uh, Nashville ties the score with 47 seconds left in the game. But Ryan Hartman <laughs> saved some heartache for the club, scoring with 21 seconds left with the game winner. Wow. I, I, you know, that's one of those games I know you're kind of looking to go, man, we almost blew that. But I feel like you look at that and go – this is this is like wow, we could build off this. I yeah. Am I am I being too optimistic? I think they played
1: very well. It's just I just thought the if you're looking for a negative from the game, they had a four minute power play late in the game where it just seemed like I'm sure it wasn't the mentality, but from looking at it from the stands, it just seemed like that too was more just kill four minutes off the clock as opposed to trying to get a goal or two and salt the game away on. It ended up um, nearly costing them as Nashville came back, uh, one that even-strength goal, and then another one with the extra attacker. But, you know, late in the game, you thought it was going to overtime once again. Uh, Jared Spurgeon makes a good play to save the puck of the blue line, gets it over to Jonas Brodeen. Brodeen lifts a shot from the point that banks off of um, – A defender and then off of Matt Hartman's chest and into the net so that's two times in the last couple weeks where Matt Hartman has had a goal where he hasn't even had to use his stick so you know they'll give give credit to Hartman for being in that spot where you could make a deflection you know I think that's sometimes you get frustrated with teams when they don't when guys don't want to get to the front of the net but um Hartman, Hartman was able to um be at that spot and end up on winning the game for Minnesota.
0: Hartman proving the adage, it's the right place at the right time. <laughs> so good for him out there. Gustafson with 23 saves in the contest. I, I thought he played pretty well, Kevin. It's just, you know, Nashville really got some pressure on late and was able to get a couple of goals against him. But, I, you know, I, I didn't have a knock against him on the, in the contest.
1: No, no, he played well. Uh, Nashville's goals were... Tommy Novak's goal in the first, second period was a snipe, but then you get a deflection for the second goal, and maybe the goal by Roman Yossi in the third period he would have liked to have back, but in general, it was another solid game for Gustafson.
0: Minnesota at 30-21-5, hanging on to that final wild-card spot in the Western Conference with Calgary right on their heels, two points behind. The club has a, an interesting week here, Kevin, as they start the week on Tuesday with Los Angeles at home, travel to Columbus and back-to-back nights at Columbus, then at Toronto, come back and take on Columbus on on uh, Sunday at home. Um, Los Angeles, second place in the division, Columbus, last place in the Eastern Conference. I think they have the worst record overall. Is, am I right about that? No, I guess Anaheim does, but okay. Um, and then Toronto, who who had a, a big trade this week. So, um, you know, I, I feel like you got to beat Los Angeles. You got to take those two games against Columbus. You you come out of this week three and one. Maybe maybe you're pretty happy.
1: I think so. I, so yeah, to keep in mind, Columbus went into Dallas on Saturday and handed the Stars a home loss. So it's they're not going to just give you two wins or you have to go out and get them. But uh, it's uh, another couple of big challenges with Los Angeles coming to Minnesota for a game on Tuesday night and then having to go into Toronto, which is never an easy
0: place to win. And you've talked about Minnesota against Los Angeles. That has not usually been a good matchup for this team, that Kings have given them everything they can handle. And so you don't feel like that's a gimme in anyway. No,
1: I mean, the Kings are having a very good year, Though I'm sure Minnesota would like um, a little revenge. They lost a wild 7-6 game in St. Paul in October, and then the Kings won a 1-0 heartbreak around Los Angeles in November. So I'm sure the Wild would like to would like to get, get a little revenge on them because if the Wild end up in a wild card spot, they could very well be
0: facing the Kings in the first round of the playoffs. You know, I got to tell you a stat I find very interesting about Los Angeles. So, 32-18-7. That's a that, that's a very good record. I mean, I mean that's a that's a, a sizable winning percentage that you're doing right there. Three goals more they've scored this season than given up. I, I find that very interesting that a team could have that much success but sneak by teams game after game.
1: Yeah, it is kind of a statistical anomaly.
0: Well, Kevin, uh, what, what are we talking about this week to end the show? Well, let's um,
1: – I know this uh, wild team hasn't been the offensive juggernaut that they were last year. They're not getting a lot of uh, the big rallies that they were last year when they're coming from two, three goals down to tie and win games. But, you know, it's uh, – it hasn't been easy on the heart, but these these last-second victories or shootout overtime victories have uh, they make things interesting. That's for sure. And um, speaking on my behalf, myself and some other fans, you know, how about winning a game five to one at some point? Just give give us an easy night. So, but anyways, you know, it's they're still in the chase of the, for a playoff spot. We don't we don't know what they're going to do for the trade deadline. Um, Ryan O'Reilly was a big help to the club for the hour that they had him on the team. So keep in mind they're one and with what, since they had O'Reilly playing for them. But um, we'll see what happens in the, this next week and right up to the trade deadline we'll see if Minnesota becomes a buyer or seller. So. Regardless of what happens, I'll say one thing: this um, Minnesota Wild team is certainly not boring.
0: Well, I, I got to ask you because we talked about this last week that they came away with a very positive week here, uh, going two, one, and one, and an opportunity to really build into this week. I you got to feel like this team's going to be active in the market. Am I wrong? Well, they could be, but I don't think they want to really give up
1: any assets and. Okay, I don't know what the market's looking like right now if you're going to have to give up a lot to get uh, a little bit of help. So I'm sure Bill Guerin will play, play his cards as he feels they need to be played. And, you know, we could see some guys go for for maybe minimal return because yeah, have got an unrestricted free agent with Matt Dumba that if they don't get something for him now, he's likely going to walk in Junior, you're going to get nothing for him. So, you know, just be prepared for that if you're a fan. That um, you could be seeing a player or two leave for a return, of which you may not be happy with, but in the long run, it's it just is what it is.
0: And I feel like there's only seven teams maybe that you're looking at that would say we're out of the playoffs. Philadelphia is eight points behind in the the East, but you know, eight points with 24 games left, yeah, yeah that's still possible. So. Um, you know, then you're kind of looking at what does Montreal and Columbus, Arizona, Vancouver, San Jose, Chicago, and Anaheim have to offer that you want to go out and get. And uh so there's some talent out there, but everybody's gonna be looking to get off those seven teams. So an interesting dynamic for this week, Kevin. Kevin Lookup, thank hey, you for joining know, they, me this
1: week. They, know, it too. Oh, sorry, they know that they know it's a buyer's market, so they they're not just gonna hand these guys away, they're gonna get as much of a return as they can because Those teams that you mentioned—they're teams that are likely building for the future and would like to have a a, one of the top prospects from your team, or maybe like a second-round draft pick.
0: Yeah, I think like a Clayton Keller in Arizona—you know, that'd be a guy that a lot of teams would love to have on their roster. Um, You know, if he was a second-line guy on a lot of teams, he'd be a real asset for that team. So, uh, Arizona can haul in a lot of things for that, I would believe. Well, Kevin, thanks for joining me this week. My pleasure.